This is Israeli Technology Founders Speak, a podcast of conversations with successful Israeli high-tech and biotech entrepreneurs, with your host, Avraham Hermon. Dr. Hila Ben-Pazi is a co-founder and CEO of StrokeAlert, an Israeli startup that has developed a Virto, a wearable monitoring system that provides an automated alert for strokes to enable early detection and treatment. Avraham sat down with Hila in the offices of StrokeAlert to discuss the motivation behind StrokeAlert, how Hila built her team, developed business relationships, got funded, and her tips for startup founders. This podcast is a creation of J.M.B. Davis Ben David, an intellectual property law firm serving clients around the world. You have great innovations. We keep them safe. It's not enough to just have a great startup idea or innovation. If you don't legally protect your innovations, products, and brand, anyone can claim them as their own. We keep your great innovations secure. Learn more by going to jmbdavis.com. That's J-M-B-D-A-V-I-S dot com. So thank you, Dr. Hila Ben-Pazi, for letting me join you today in your office. We're going to talk about Stroke Alert, your company, the company that you founded and that you're the CEO of. And first of all, let's start with what problem does Stroke Alert solve? So the main problem, stroke is a huge problem. Every two seconds a person has a stroke. Every fourth person in the world will have a stroke. A billion people in the world are at risk. And the main issue is that stroke is treatable and even avoidable if treated within an hour. Unfortunately, the vast majority arrive too late. Namely, the main cause of disability in the world is stroke and it is treatable and treatment is effective, but it is not given because people arrive too late or do not arrive at all within the window of opportunity. So what do you do to solve that problem? So we believe that technology has the power to detect this physiological event. So if we monitor the blood flow to the brain, we can detect a change in flow and alert in time for treatment. That's interesting. It seems like a very big need for detecting stroke early and potentially saving people helping them out before the real symptoms set in. How was the idea born and how did you become involved in it? So I'm a pediatric neurologist. I deal with movement disorders in children, namely disability on a daily basis. I see irreversible disabilities in clinic every day. Frustrating because this is irreversible. Stroke can be treated. And I got involved in teleneurology just because kids had issues coming into clinic. And then I started teaching about teleneurology. And one of the most effective technologies is by video, just telestroke. So I, I taught how telestroke raised the treatment from 5 to 15%. Tell me a little bit about telestroke. What's that? Telestroke is just namely when a person arrives to the hospital, to the ER, and there's no stroke specialist on call. So mm-hmm. you do teleconferencing and assessment and give treatment immediately without delay. So this te- simple technology using video raised treatment in the U.S. 
from 5 to 15%. And when I said this in front of entrepreneurs, they said, well, what about the other 85%? I said, well, you can't see them, you can't treat them. They said, you doctors are so stupid. If you can't see a stroke, the most severe cause of disability, you're not able to use any other techniques. I mean, people travel to outer space today and you still diagnose stroke in the same methods used 200 years ago. So I said, yes, yes, I didn't pay any attention. But then I traveled with a person whose mom had a stroke and he was a sensor specialist. And for, ni- for 19 hours, he taught me a lot about sensors. And by the end of the flight from LA to Israel, I realized that we doctors are indeed stupid. And then I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to look for the physiological factors and you're going to come up with the sensors. And I sat down here and I went over the neurological literature and I didn't find anything. And then one day I had a problem here at the sink. And then I realized that I was looking at the wrong literature because a stroke before becoming a stroke is a plumbing issue, Mm. is an obstruction of flow to a great artery. So if we can see the obstruction, we can actually detect the change in flow and alert in time. And that's when I understood what we have to do. Well, very interesting. So you just happened to be seated next to someone on a plane? Well, it was a Mirage Fellowship where it wasn't uh, by coincidence. He was another entrepreneur that participated in the program. And he's a CTO of a large company. And that's how it happened. It wasn't by chance. Pretty amazing. Yeah, You just happened to be speaking to the right person at the right time about the right technology that's going to solve this problem. So you're essentially bringing modern technology into diagnosis of stroke really before a human can detect it with their own eyes. Yeah. And you had mentioned that you're a pediatric neurologist. And as far as I know, stroke is something which affects mainly elderly people. And how does your background as a pediatric neurologist help you bring you to where you are today in your company? Well, stroke affects mainly adults. Unfortunately, also kids have strokes. However, in children, we don't provide any treatment. And it's quite frustrating because when you see a child eight years old with a stroke and you understand that nothing can be done too late and he's going to spend his life with disability, extremely frustrating. And I always was a bit jealous of the adult neurologist that they could actually do something about it. I see. So you see from the side of the need, children who were affected by stroke, no solutions. And then that brought you to look for this solution that can be applicable to children and also to adults as well. I think it's uh, the combination. For me personally, it was the combination of dealing with living with uh, heartbreaking disability Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that there is an opportunity of treatment the untapped need and the understanding that technology can really shift and make a huge difference in health. Now, you had mentioned a sensor specialist. So obviously, you needed to assemble a team. Can you talk a little bit about how you assembled the team around this idea to move Stroke Alert forward to get to your product, which is called Averto, right? Yeah. So I think I'm going to start with the end. So today we have a team of 10 people um, that are working. We have three main groups, the sensor group, the algorithm group, 
the clinical group, and of course, we have the business development. The main thing that this team has is faith and courage. So we all believe that technology can solve this great untapped need, and we have the courage to cope with a lot of difficulties on the way. And the people uh, that joined the team, for instance, uh, Limol Brigan, our business developer, and when I first met her and I started to speak about strokes, she said, don't tell me about stroke. My mom had a stroke at the age of 62. I changed mm-hmm. her diapers for a decade. Wow. I understand the heavy toll it takes on family and dignity. Amen. So most of the team, and we have another uh, member of the team who's father suffered a stroke. So a lot of people just joined because they saw this fabulous idea and had a faith that we can do this together. So I think that's the main point in gathering this team. So everyone has this common connection to it. Now, just to shift gears a little bit, you know that I'm a patent attorney and that's what I deal with on a day-to-day basis. And uh, patents are important and intellectual property are, imp- are important for a lot of startups at early stages. Can you tell me about patents and the role that they play in your company? Yeah, sure. So we started off with uh, one uh, patent. We thought we would have only one patent and that's it. And we have everything, you know, up and running. We thought everything is clear. And then on the way, we realized that we had several more ideas. So like three other ideas. And um, we didn't know where these ideas are going to evolve. So we put in provisionals. And as I see it now, we already have two other ideas in place. So I figured that we're going to end up with a lot of intellectual property that was unplanned. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times it, yeah. it evolves that way. You start yeah. in one direction and realize that there's there are problems to overcome. Exactly. And then you have uh, more potential for, for IP. Now, can you talk a little bit about your funding and specifically maybe give advice to people that are in similar situations? Yeah, sure. So our main funding is from non-diluted grants. They're because we are a women-led company. And I always say we're in the 10th percentile because there are less than 10% of women who lead companies in Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get preferred funding um, from the Israeli Innovation Authority. That's good, good information to know. Yeah, and from the, also from the EIC, from the European Commission, they want to develop women entrepreneurship. We have friends and family, and now we're having our f- first investors, hopefully this week. And can you talk about what stage in development you are? How far you are from the market? We are after POC. We have a proof of concept. We demonstrated that we can alert a large vessel occlusion in patients. And we're going into POV, which is proof of validation. And that's the relevant clinical arena. We're going to begin double-blind clinical studies after the holidays in October. Um, that's our second stage. And mm-hmm. hopefully the FDA will be happy with the data and and registration will follow. Where are you doing those studies? Here in Israel? Israel, Spain. We have some sites uh, we're going to expand probably in Europe and the USA. So you have connections with hospitals all over yeah, the world? Yeah, of course. And these are studies that are being done in, in hospital settings? So the, the initial data, the 
uh, proof of concept was retrieved from data from three clinical centers, two in Israel and one in Spain, Barcelona, Val de Gibbon. Uh, we have uh, advisors, for instance, Mark Ribo from Val de Gibbon, our PIs here in Israel, Dr. Jihashan from Nariya, and uh, Professor Sagi Arnoff from Bellinson. So we have these studies in place, and now we're expanding the studies further, mainly in Israel, but all over Europe and the U.S., of course, mm-hmm. because if you want to do FDA, you need some American sites as well. Sure. So what sort of uh, programs of the Innovation Authority did you benefit from? So it's called Yezamut Nashim, Women Entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a regular grant, but we get um, excessive funding. So we get a 70, instead of 50% funding, we get 75% in this first year, and the second year is 70%. Mm-hmm. So regarding the space that you're in of medical devices, do you think that investors are hesitant to invest in this space today? And if so, what, what can you do to deal with that? So uh, investors are always hesitant in investing in medical um, devices or others just because of um, you have a lot of registration to do and risks and barriers. So it's always difficult, I think. You know, I'm a doctor. I've never done anything but this. But I can see, you know, from fintech and so on, they have much less barriers than we. And so the return of investment is is later in the medical device. So mm-hmm. uh, people would need, the investors uh, would need to have bigger and deeper pockets. There are very few in this area today in Israel. I think that this time is difficult for for all startups, mm-hmm. but in particular for for the medical arena and device companies in particular. Mm-hmm. Because of the high risk? It's not necessarily the high risk, but the time. The mm-hmm. time. It takes much longer to, to, uh, to have the ROI, the return on investment. So typically doctors are very busy people with their medical profession. How do you manage to balance your work as a physician and also work as a startup founder? Uh, I dropped most of my clinical work. I do clinics between half a day and a day a week. Mm-hmm. I love my my uh, profession. I love the clinic, but I just don't have time. You cannot be a full-time CEO mm-hmm. and a physician. And my agreement with the IIA, the Israeli Innovation Authority, was that if I get the funding, I need to drop clinics to a minimum. And mm-hmm. this is what I do. I see. Okay. So uh, something has to take uh, take a hit. Something has to uh, sacrifice. You're only 24 hours in a day. Yeah. So what tips do you have for founders who are just starting with a new idea, with a new company, uh, just starting out? Just any general tips or ideas you can give them? I'll just pass um, the tips that I was given forward. So the first one is it's going to take much longer and it's going to be much more difficult than you imagined. This is a tip that I received from Oria Domi, and he was absolutely right. Another tip, you have to enjoy the journey because, you know, if you look at the odds, most startup companies will fail. So if you suffer on the way, it's not worth it. You have to enjoy the path and select your team very carefully because you're going to 
have to work with them in in a lot of challenges mm-hmm. and you need to pass a lot of hurdles and you need to have an optimistic team a team that can face these challenges and um with a lot of grit mm-hmm. okay these are great tips now where do you see stroke alert in let's say another year and then another five years down the road so hopefully within a year we'll be right uh, before registration mm-hmm um, that's the optimistic pathway if we do get accepted to the breakthrough um, FDA path. I think that it's realistic to say that within five years, we're going to change the standard of care in stroke and make longer lives worth living. So we're going to be the new standard of care. Today, you enter the hospital. If you go to surgery, you have a saturation, people are measuring your blood pressure or your heart rate. No one is checking the blood flow to your brain. Mm -hmm. So our real success is if within five years, we're going to be also the next standard of care. Every single patient who is going to enter the OR, the ICU, will have some sort of stroke monitoring to prevent stroke. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you are on the path to save a lot of lives, potentially. And uh, so far, you've given me a lot of information and ideas about how your journey went and how others can learn from your journey. So thank you very much, Dr. Hilab and Pazi. And uh, hopefully our listeners will enjoy listening to your journey and learning from it. Thank you for the opportunity. That was Dr. Hila Ben-Pazi, co-founder and CEO of StrokeAlert. We hope you enjoyed this episode. There are many more to come. Do you have a great innovation or startup idea? We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by going to our website, jmbdavis.com. And if you go to jmbdavis.com forward slash startup, you'll see we have a special site specifically made for startups to help startups protect their innovations. Please be in touch with us and find out how we can help you. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode.